Hey there, TPT friend. Are you frustrated with your TPT sales these days? Feeling stuck and overwhelmed with how to grow your earnings? Let me introduce you to my very favorite tool for running my TPT store, your data playbook. As a savvy teacher seller, you know that data and SEO go hand in hand. But let's face it, none of us have the time or energy to dig through all the data and make sense of it all. That's where YDP comes in. Your data playbook pulls all your TPT data together in an easy-to-understand format and gives you easy, actionable steps to increase your sales. I'm not one to promote things I don't really believe in, so you can trust when I say YDP is the real deal. It's my not-so-secret weapon for keeping my TPT store earnings up, even though I am spending very little time on it. And that's really why I am so excited to share YDP with you. When you join YDP with my affiliate link now through May 7th, I'll invite you to an exclusive group coaching session where I'll walk you through all of the tools and my processes for using them to grow my business and increase my sales. Don't miss this opportunity to take advantage of this amazing tool for your TPT business. You can learn more and become a member at kristendoyle.co slash YDP. Welcome to this episode of the Savvy Teacher Seller. As TPT sellers, we have to write a lot of copy. If you're not familiar with that word, copy just means any words that you write for your business, from blog posts to your emails to product descriptions. Writing copy, especially when it comes to sales copy, is something that teacher sellers like you and I aren't always naturally very good at. If that sounds like you, then I cannot wait to introduce you to my good friend, Nicole Kepik. Nicole is a copywriter who specializes in fun, feel-good copy. We as TPT sellers don't usually like to feel too salesy, and we know that our teacher audience does not like to feel like they're being sold to either. And I know that selling without being salesy is one of Nicole's superpowers, so that is why I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Hey, TPT sellers, ready to see growth in your business? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Savvy Teacher Seller. I'm Kristen Doyle, and I'm here to give you no-fluff tools and strategies that will really make an impact on your sales. Let's get started, y'all. Hi, Nicole. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Kristen. I am equally excited to be here. Can't wait for this conversation. Me too. I just love to talk coffee with you. Such a wealth of knowledge and in a way that just does not feel salesy and it resonates so well with me and I think it will with our teacher audience as well. That is good to hear. Yes, I hate all things super salesy, super loud, super obnoxious. So yeah, we will talk about fun, feel good copy. Yes. Well, before we dive into copy, tell us just a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are now. I know you have a little bit of an ed tech background. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I have been a copywriter for over 20 years now. So most of that time, almost 20 years was in the corporate space. So I was working for different companies, different marketing departments as a senior copywriter, writing all the things like you name it, web copy, digital campaigns, billboards, video scripts, like all the things for all the audiences, which was fun, lots of variety. 
And yeah, at one point, sometimes I forget this, I also worked for an educational technology company called Front Row. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but let's see if I can say this right. (laughs) Yeah, so they did classroom sound amplification systems. And essentially, it was like microphones that the teachers would wear to help their students, no matter if they were in the back of the class or if they had hearing impairments, but just helping them hear, creating more inclusive learning Um, all those things. And yeah, that was a really fun job because as a copywriter, I was able to write to different audiences. So sometimes I would be writing to superintendents talking about like, you know, their limited tech funds and where they should spend their money ideally on our products. Other times I would be talking to parents, just, you know, stressing how the products could help their children hear more and be more engaged and would often have, you know, higher test scores. And then of course, talking to teachers and You know, I've never been a teacher, but the theory, the working theory was that these microphones helped create a calmer classroom because then the teachers weren't having to, you know, shout above the noise or raise their voices. They could just speak at an even tone and then everyone in theory could hear well and, you know, nice, calm environments. So yeah, that was my educational technology stint. I think I was there for about three years and then um, went to a number of trade shows in the States, educational trade shows. That was like super eye-opening because they would have these massive booths from all the companies, curriculum companies, tech companies. So yes, that was a fun time in my life. And then that was the kind of a tangent. Back in 2020, I left corporate. At the time, I was working for a design studio. decided to leave corporate and go all in on my own copywriting business because I'd been side hustling for it for a number of years. And then eventually I was like, okay, this is a dream of mine. I want to go all in. So That's where I am now, writing for different female entrepreneurs like ourselves, sales copy, web copy, email copy. I am always amazed at how well you are able to write copy that sounds exactly like me and talks exactly to my audience of teachers. I will share. Nicole's written some copy for my Chalk and Apples website, so copy for the teacher side of my business. And I'm just always amazed at how well you're able to speak to teachers as someone who hasn't actually been a teacher. (laughs) One of your many, many superpowers, I think. Thank you. Well, I mean, any copywriter, you know, that is their skill set. They should be able to write for different audiences. Obviously, if you've lived it before, it's easier. Or if you're really familiar with the audience, it's easier. So yeah, there are some audiences where I mean, I don't boycott those audience, but I just know where my strengths are. And usually that's education and audience I've written for before, or if it's somebody I would personally hire for my business. So a web designer, an OBM, a VA, I don't know. I'm just able to to relate to the pain points because I'm in that position too. So yeah, that definitely helps. And I think that's kind of one of our strengths as teachers who are selling to other teachers is that we really are able to relate to their pain points and know what teachers are looking for. I think that helps us a lot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know sometimes there's a discussion of, well, should I talk about pain points? Should I not? And it is important in my eyes to talk about those pain points because that's how you're showing your readers that, hey, I understand where you are. I understand what's keeping you up at night, what you're struggling with, but then here's the solution. So you're not just staying in that pain point place, but you're kind of segueing into a solution. Yeah. I know we have to agitate those pain points. That's definitely some sales copy language. Agitate the pain point. Agitate the pain. How deeply should we dive into that? Because sometimes that part can feel, I don't know, like we're just 
poking the bear a little bit. Yes. The word that comes to my mind is icky. You don't want it to feel icky and like you're shaming your reader. You're making them feel horrible and like their life is just doom and gloom. No, you want to stay away from that. So you want to touch on those pain points, empathize with them. Like that's a big part of it, showing that you understand what they're going through. You understand their pain. But then you're also like switching the tone into more positive, showcasing your solution and also your expertise. That's a big one too, because you can empathize with somebody's pain, but then they might think, okay, that's great. You understand me, but can you help me? Like, what can you do to help me get out of this pain? So that's when you introduce your solution and also your expertise in the sense of, hey, I've lived this before, or hey, I have these credentials or these certifications whatever your credentials are, your expertise, where it lies, that's where you introduce that too. So it's empathy and expertise. Yeah. And especially when it comes to smaller products, like what we're selling on TPT, I would think we can probably hit on those pain points in a sentence, maybe two, really quickly in a product description and then get on to the solution because that's really what what we're selling, right? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be long. And that first sentence should be your hook anyways, like it should grab attention. So yeah, a sentence or two, or maybe three, just to speak to those pain points and then quickly move on. It's totally different for something like a long form sales page. There's more lead up there. You've got more copy building the story and agitating that pain. And then it goes into the solution. But if you have limited space, you don't want all that space to be just like pain, pain, pain. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's also important for especially our product descriptions to have our SEO keywords up there pretty early. So we have to either find a way to work those into the pain point or get to them pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. In a way that's not super robotic and you're just plugging those words in like every other word just to get, you know, just to rank higher. But yeah, for sure, adding those words in. And so our product is the solution, but When it comes to our products, how do we position our products as a solution to their problem or their pain point? Yeah, I would say, you know, I don't know if you've read Donald Miller, the story brand. He talks a lot about positioning your product or service as the guide, not the hero. And, you know, not to just like copy what he says here, but it's so true. Your product, your service, whatever it is, it's helping your reader or your audience get to where they want to be. But it's not taking credit for everything and celebrating their success, like it's helping them get to where they want to be. So that should come through in your copy too. Like it shouldn't be like if they don't purchase your product, their life is just going to be all doom and gloom. So yeah, it's it's a fine line. You want to confidently speak about your products, of course, because they're amazing and they help people, they serve people, but not to the extent of like, it's this or nothing. Yeah. Well, I think people see through that kind of language. They realize that my, you know, worksheet packet or my center activities are not going to save their whole entire world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's not going to find the answer to world peace. Like it's not the thing. <laughs> it's definitely helpful. And, and that matters too. I mean, of course it matters in, you know, in my eyes that it is life-changing in a sense, like you don't want to say this is life-changing, but if you can help people save time and anguish and stress, that's a big deal. Well, and we're helping them be a better teacher. We're helping them reach their students in a better way. We're helping them create a fun environment for their students sometimes, you know, just depending on the product. There are so many things that we're helping our teachers do, but it really is them that's the hero. And we are, like you said, the guide, the support. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking about the pain points and the agitation, 
the reason the agitation is there, just a bit of agitation is because it's kind of answering like that. So what question, like, so what, like, why should I care about this? So you might create resources or lesson plans for teachers, but why does that matter to them? Well, maybe it matters because they're spending their Friday nights working on their lesson plans and that's taking time away from their friends and family, or they're saying no to social engagements because they're at home working on their lesson plans. So it's not only stating the problem, but why the problem matters in their life. Yeah. For sure. Let's talk about a little bit about what I think is, like I said, your superpower, sales copy. That's not salesy. (laughs) I know we have all seen copy that feels too salesy and we get that icky feeling, like you said, but what are some kind of specific things to watch out for that can make our copy too salesy? Too salesy. Well, first I'll say, I think most people don't write in a way that's too salesy. I think if anything, some people are afraid to sell, so they're more hesitant But yeah, there are definitely some triggers for sales copy that's too salesy. And usually that's like, you know, we've touched on things that are, you know, over the top claims where it's just like these claims that are just so unbelievable or so over the top that you're rolling your eyes and you're like, okay, okay. Like it's, it's just too much. Another thing might be too much pressure where you're reading the copy and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to buy this, but I better buy it or else I'm going to miss out. But then you still have that feeling of like, I'm not sure if this is the right decision, but you feel pressured. So, I mean, there's a fine line between urgency and too much pressure. Some urgency is good because you might have a limited time promo, for example. So it's okay to say, hey, just five days left, like totally fine. But you also don't want to have this false sense of urgency and scarcity where people feel pressured to buy. And then afterwards, they're thinking, oh, I don't feel good with this. Like I want a refund or something. I did have another one in mind. I can't remember right now. Oh, I was going to say like copy that is just feels loud, like lots of capitalization everywhere, exclamation marks everywhere. Like it just feels too much, like too heavy, too loud. In your face. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, kind of like an infomercial, but wait, there's more like, <laughs> it's just, it's just too much. Right. So I think you can have more subdued copy that is still fun and still has personality, but it's just not like so in your face and so loud. You mentioned that a lot of us are afraid to sell in our copy. And I think for the most part, that's probably where TPT sellers fall. So I think that comes down to not wanting to be icky. And the fact that a lot of us are very turned off by like the bro marketing kind of (laughs) copy. So what are some mindset shifts? You kind of mentioned some of those. What are some mindset shifts we can make that can make it easier for us to sell in our copy? Yeah, I think you hit on it perfectly. We're just afraid of being that person who's super pushy or super bro-y. And most people aren't. But yeah, I think it just comes back to knowing that you are providing a solution, that whole selling is serving because you really are serving your audience by offering a helpful solution, helpful solution to a problem. So And also just owning your expertise too, owning that you have amazing credentials and you have the experience, the knowledge to help somebody and what comes easy to you might not come easy to somebody else. Yeah. I think it is really important to, like you said, own your expertise to really buy in to what you're selling and how it's going to actually help people as opposed to just, I'm selling some stuff so I can make some money and I'm sure it'll be great for teachers too. (laughs) But really buying into those end results of what are these teachers getting out of this? What are their students getting out of this? Why are my products good? Why are they better than someone else's? Really owning those things can help you, I think, 
figure out ways to sell the resource and be more confident in selling it because then you really believe in it. A hundred percent. Yeah. You will be so much more confident selling because you'll just believe in your product so much and believe in that transformation they can provide versus creating a product and then having to show up and be visible, but secretly feeling like, "Mm, I don't really think this is a good product or can this really help people? So yeah, I think some energetics come into play there too. Yeah. You've mentioned empathy and authority a couple of times to kind of replace hard sales tactics. Can you expand on those a little bit? Yeah. I mean, like I was saying before, empathy is really just showing your readers that you understand them. So you understand not only their struggles, but you understand their desires, what they're wanting out of their career, their life, their family, whatever it is. And then you're just touching on those because as you're being empathetic in the copy, your reader is going to read along and think, yes, that's exactly me. That's so me. It's like she's in my head. And a way to do this too is to talk to your audience and actually use words that they say in conversation too, because then you can pluck those words, put them in your copy. And again, they'll be like, oh, it's like she was in my head, but really you're just doing kind of market research and use those words. And yeah, and expertise, like I said, expertise doesn't have to be like, oh, I have this degree and this certification. Your expertise can be, I've helped people achieve this result, or you know, I've lived this personally myself. It can be a number of different things. One thing I like to do when it comes to remembering that I have expertise in this field and that my products are helping people is when I get feedback on TPT that is super specific and it doesn't happen all the time, but occasionally I'll get feedback that says something like, I am thinking of one I got a couple years ago that specifically said, I used your product this year for this subject and my students' test scores increased this percent. Wow. Those are the ones for me that are like, This isn't a teacher who was just happy with my stuff because she liked it, because it was fun, because it was easy, it covered the standards. This is a teacher who got results, flat out results from what I provided. So I tend to screenshot and save those. This is a super teachery tactic. It comes from those students who write you sweet little notes And how we just kind of all tend to collect those in a binder or some sort of little box that we can pull out on the tough days to look back and remember the students who we made a big impact on. I think it comes from that, but I kind of have that same little, it's a folder on my computer now, not a binder or a box in my classroom, but just a little space where I store up some of those really solid indicators that These products are helping people. They are making a really big difference for the teachers and the students that I'm serving. Yeah, I love that because then you've got the stories, the anecdotes, but then you also have the numbers and the quantifiable results. So that's really nice. And I love that people take the time to share that feedback too. That's just restores my faith in humanity. That's so nice. (laughs) Well, they do get points for leaving feedback. Ah, there you go. Okay. (laughs) But still. They could write, you know, a two word little like, great thanks, and then a whole bunch of exclamation marks to get to the character limit, which also happens. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But it is, it means so much when they take the time to really write a couple of good sentences and tell you how your product is impacted. Yeah, that must fill the heart. And again, going back to copy, you can pull those testimonials, that feedback, put it in your copy because it's social proof is all like third party testimonials, social proof. It's always better than you boasting about yourself and your products. So always super helpful. I try to share screenshots versus copying the text and pasting it 
on a web page somewhere because I feel like I don't know, people are skeptical and I could type anything and put it in quotation marks. They don't know that that's actually what the person said <laughs> if they don't trust me already. That is true. I need to do that more because right now I have just copy pasted testimonials, but I will say they are all true. I have not fabricated any of those testimonials, but yeah, I think even just visually, it's really impressive and really powerful to see those screenshots, especially with the emojis when people are really happy with your work and they have, you know, all the hearts and all the things. Yeah, I definitely think it it helps a lot to have actual screenshots. And those testimonials are one really great place to start picking up on the language that your people are using too, like you were talking about earlier. I know a lot of us have big audiences on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, maybe our email list, and we can pull information from there. But if you that's not you, if you don't have a huge audience, then looking at your reviews is a great place to do that. And I like staying active, even though I'm not in the classroom anymore. I like to stay active in some teacher Facebook groups. And when I'm in there, I don't sell anything. I, I hardly ever share a link to anything in my store, even in groups where I technically could. It's not against the rules. Unless I have the answer to a specific question, I just don't because that's not what I'm there for. I'm really there to observe and to listen and to see what people are struggling with so that I know, A, what to create and B, how to talk about it. Yeah, it's like you're on a stealth recon mission. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, no, it's so true because sometimes we get so close to our business and we think we know everything about our audience. But every once in a while, you'll read a testimonial or you'll speak to somebody and just something will rise to the surface like a juicy gem. And you're like, I never thought of that. And yet I've been doing this for so long. So yeah, it's always helpful to be a silent observer, like you just mentioned. I think that definitely helps us to write some copy that really connects with our audience. Do you have any other tips for that, for copy that connects with the teachers we're serving? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of stories. I love stories. And I do recognize that if you're doing a product description, you may not have all the room in the world to insert a story. But just in general, stories are really memorable. So it could be a story about your teaching years or, you know, being in the classroom. But yeah, just in general, stories are more memorable. They set you apart from other people because people can't, they're not living your life, so they can't copy your stories. So it just sets you apart, makes you more memorable. And just adds, you know, a bit of human flair to your copy too. Yeah. And they're definitely helpful even for our products to use in social media posts and on our emails and all of those things. If you have a story that relates to your product for sure. But I would think there are some ways to write a one or two sentence story that we drop into our product description. Just because it's a story doesn't mean it has to be two or three or seven paragraphs. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. It doesn't have to be like the great American novel. It could just be like a quick intro, like you said, and then segue into the rest of the description. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like we have talked through all the things that you and I talked about covering. Any last little tips for us as far as how we can weave in some of this into super short product descriptions? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say to add in your personality, be a bit conversational, and then add in if you have any teacherisms, like specific language that you use that other teachers can relate to, definitely insert those too. Being more specific as well, I think we briefly touched on that. So you want your copy to be more specific and really tangible so people can picture that situation or that scene, that scenario 
versus just being copied that could apply to any industry or be plopped onto any website. So making it super specific to you, your audience, and your products. As you were talking about that, just reminded me a lot of TPT sellers are starting to use tools like ChatGPT to help write product descriptions and things. And I feel like the one thing ChatGPT cannot ever do is that super specific talk to my people language. And that's where even if you're using it as a a jumping off point somewhere to kind of get started, I think it's so important to go back and put yourself into that copy that you're writing. Yeah, put yourself in it, put that personal spin. Yeah, I've heard it is a great tool. I know it is. I personally haven't used it yet. I know a lot of copywriters hate the whole idea. (laughs) I haven't used it yet only because people, I feel like people are paying me to write really custom copy. And so I want it to be 100% original, 100% from my brain. But with that said, I do know other copywriters who will use AI to generate some ideas, some thought starters, and then go from there. I'm not there yet, but I think for most business owners, it is a good tool because not everybody has the time or maybe the budget to outsource to a copywriter all the time. So you want to feel empowered in your business to to still get great content out there. Yeah, I will say it is definitely not the same as having someone like you write (laughs) amazing copy for me. Well, thank you. I think I told you when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, I tried to use ChatGPT to write sales page for something. And I think I used maybe four words that it gave me for the whole entire page. Uh, uh, So yeah, it could go either way. It could be a success or maybe not. But it did help me get my brain rolling. So it was helpful in that way. I just didn't use any of the words. Yeah, it's definitely changing the space. Yeah, how Canva popped up and people thought it was going to mean an end to designers, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a great example. Yeah, I was just thinking that like when AI first came out, chat GPT, like, is this going to be the end of my position? Do I need to find a a new skill? Like, what else can I do in my life? I don't know. Yeah, that's such a great example where Canva wasn't the ruin and destruction of designers. So we copywriters will survive with this tool too. You will, you will. It's, you know, it still takes so much knowledge and finesse to use any of these tools to help us. You still have to have that underlying knowledge of what you're trying to do and what makes it good, whether it's design or copy or anything else. So gotcha. Yeah, that's we so definitely true. will always need people like you helping <laughs> us and helping us and sometimes writing it for us. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm up for that. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being here today. This was super fun to chat about with you. Can you share a little bit about where everyone can find you and connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So my website is my first and last name, NicoleKepik.com. And on social media, Instagram is the place I hang out most. And that's at NK Copywriting. Awesome. And we will drop links to those in the show notes. I know you also have a couple of freebies. And I'll drop links for those in the show notes as well. I know you have 52 weeks of email, which I can attest is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> It's a whole year's worth of weekly email topics that really can apply to any niche. So you take her ideas and write your email. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. so incredible. 
That one, I created that guide. And I will say when I created it, it was originally for service providers. So people like web designers, coaches, but I think so much of the content there is universal. So it's basically like if you are thinking, I have no idea what to write my list this week, what should I even say? You can just use this doc and it has a bunch of themes. It has some subject line options for every theme. And then it has two different call to action options for everything too. So one where you're selling and one where you're not selling. So you can kind of skew that up or down if you want to sell or not. And I love that. I have definitely grabbed some ideas out of there for my chalk and apples email list. Oh, good. Every week, but definitely I have gotten some ideas out of there. (laughs) That's great. That doc too, it helps because like email is such a struggle. I mean, even for myself as a copywriter, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what should I say? Is this even exciting? Is it relevant? You know, like everybody has that fear. So this is just to give you some ideas so that you're not just staring at a blank screen. Absolutely. I think that's the hardest part when it comes to copy in general is that blank screen and where on earth do I start? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I find for myself a lot of times, no matter what I am writing, I start in the middle with like the nuts and bolts of whatever this thing is. So for the product, it's like the list of what's included. For an email, it's, you know, whatever the call to action is, whatever I want them to do this on this email. And then once I get going and I've started typing some words that felt easy, then I can go back to the beginning. And I don't know, it doesn't feel as overwhelming for me then. Yeah, that is so interesting. And I've heard a lot of copywriters work that way too. And they suggest that start in the middle where there's not so much pressure with the headline. It's funny though, I'm a start from the top, go to the bottom kind of girl. <laughs> like I start with the headline and, and then I move down the page. But I've heard many people suggest what you do because then it just gets those juices flowing instead of having to write this high pressure headline right from the get-go. I think it's easier maybe for those of us who aren't a pro like you are. <laughs> <laughs> to start with start with the stuff that feels easy, that doesn't feel so high pressure. Like you said, that hook, whether it's a headline on a sales page or the first sentence of your product description, it feels so important. And like you have to get it just right. <laughs> and sometimes you need to either skip it and write some other stuff first to get creative juices flowing, or maybe just write something that's okay-ish and come back to it later. <laughs> Yes, that is so true too, because oftentimes like I will edit as I go, but that's another known, like I'm I'm doing all the things you're not (laughs) supposed to do. I'm putting quotation marks here because yeah, usually the first draft is not going to be the best. So just get out whatever you can, then go back and refine and finesse. Thank you again for being here. This has been super fun. And I know everyone has probably gotten lots of ideas (laughs) from all of your suggestions. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you. I hope they've gotten lots of it out of it too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Savvy Teacher Seller. I hope you enjoyed diving into sales copy with my guest, Nicole Kepik. She shared some incredible insights and I hope you gained a wealth of knowledge from our conversation. Be sure to connect with Nicole at the links in today's show notes. And if you're one of our STS insiders, make sure you tune in this Friday for our insiders only episode where Nicole does a copy audit on some actual TPT product descriptions to show us all exactly how to weave in some of the copy strategies that she shared today right in our product listings. I can't wait for you to check it out. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
If you did, please share it with another teacher seller who would also find it helpful. For more resources on growing your TPT business, head to kristendoyle.co forward slash TPT. Talk to you soon.